You're listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 33. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progression Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so uh, last episode, we talked about fatigue. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't too complicated. Uh, we tried to kind of narrow it down and kind of get a little bit more specific. Um, but it is a very complex issue. You know, people are tired. Uh, as we said, that's one of, the, one of the number one reasons of doctor visits uh, a year after year after year. Uh, but conventionally, it is a very difficult thing. Your uh, primary care doctor, your internal medicine doctor, no, a lot of times is going to be trying to rule out disease. Uh, but the people that we see, sometimes, you know, they're kind of in the middle of that. They don't really actually have a full-blown diagnosis, but they just don't have the energy and vitality that they typically want. And if you don't have a disease state, hopefully you don't, your doctor really doesn't know what to do for you because there isn't specifically a medication that can help you with your energy. Or as we talked about on the other two, last two podcasts, you certainly want to, wouldn't want to take any of those medications because of their side effects and their long-term effects on the system. So there, you know, a lot of people come to us and they kind of throw their hands up because they don't know what to do and nobody else knows what to do for their lack of energy. And one kind of common theme we see is is relatively healthy people. Most of our patients are very healthy. You know, they're savvy. It's just there are some imbalances in their life that we need to balance for their quality of life. But a common theme that we see is kind of like the triad of low energy, stressed, and then gaining weight, especially in the stomach, even if they can't account for why they are. That's like the triad there. And of course, you take that to your conventional doctor and they're dealing with people with you know serious, um, scary diseases. They don't know what to do with you. So um, in this podcast, we kind of talked a little bit about you know what what's worked for our patients in the last 14 years that we've dealt with people that have that complain of low energy, but they are healthy individuals. So um, we've kind of put together like a list of some ideas kind of kind of piggybacking on the previous podcast of some things that you can do, some things that you can take that we've just found in the past has worked for our patients. Um, not to say there isn't a thousand other things that can help with energy, and a lot of practitioners out there have their own tools to help their patients with energy. So we're not, you know, stepping on any toes with that and saying this is the be-all, end-all, but just a little bit of our experience that we can impart onto you. Yeah, and because fatigue is a very multifactorial um, what makes one person tired and have low energy isn't necessarily the same thing that makes somebody else tired and have low energy. Uh, and that was our point of the last two episodes and then culminating today is that it does need a little bit of an individualized approach uh, to be able to kind of figure out which way you should lean. Uh, now, the three things we're going to break it down, just like we talked about last time, we're going to break it up into a couple of different categories. We're going to talk about uh Blood sugar, insulin, glycemic control, we're going to throw the liver into that category. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. We're going to talk about, of course, the adrenals. That's, uh, I think, for most of us uh, that have done research and have been uh, interested in holistic natural medicine, uh, there's been lots of discussion, lots of information about adrenal function 
and energy, uh, certainly immune function as well. Um, but that's another one of those major categories. And then, of course, uh, as we've talked about in the past too, looking at thyroid function as well. So those three different areas and then figuring out, you know, for you as a person, which one of those is maybe the crux of the issue or more than likely, to be honest, for most people, it's a combination of either one, two or all of them. Uh, that is usually um, kind of dragging somebody's energy down on a per, uh, uh, consistent basis. And I know we're kind of making this simple, you know, liver, insulin, um, glucose, slash, now we're going to talk about adrenals and thyroid. There's lots of other um, issues that cause fatigue that we had talked about in the last two um, podcasts, but just to kind of give you some information that might be able to help you for 2018. And then also on a side note is uh, we have to say the disclaimer of this is for educational purposes, um, what? Talk to your doctor. What's the rest of that spiel we have yeah, to say? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, this is just for educational purposes, but talk to your doctor. This mm-hmm. is not meant to be medical advice by any means. We don't, as a listening population or audience, you know, we are not dealing with you in, uh, directly, uh, but this is just for your own knowledge and, you know, uh, to, you know, increase that knowledge base so you can make the most informed decisions for you and your family. Um, but if you are being treated or being under the care of a doctor, certainly you want to consult with them to make sure they're aware or they have an opinion or they have an approach that might be different. So uh, that uh, is important. We're not trying to, like I said, replace anyone else's recommendations or treatment that you may be under undergoing at this time. Uh, but we think that this information is uh, very important, right? Because we do live in a very stressful, complicated world. Uh, and uh, that triad that you mentioned, you know, the low energy, stressed and gaining weight, that's something that Oh, in some ways, we all are uh, a victim to or succumbing to on a regular basis. And how do we approach that in the least invasive but most effective way possible is, I think, valuable information. So like we had talked about in the other podcast is that liver con- connection with the insulin and with the glycemic control. So basically between glucose, um, you know, which our, which our bodies live on, we need glucose, and then what the pancreas secretes insulin to work with that glucose, and then the liver is taking the brunt of all of it. So um, we had talked about the keto carb cycling program that we put together, the KCCP. That's probably, you know, something that you can do without even have to buy anything. You can just do it by changing up your food. So that's, you know, number one that we always kind of promote. And you can go into our content library on our website and download that. It's free. But then on a side note, you know, a lot of people like to take supplements and supplements can be very helpful in working on that liver insulin glycemic support. So we have a just a few, I mean, there's a whole bunch more, but there's just a couple of them that we find actually kind of helps with this. Yeah, right. So from an ingredient perspective, the when you're th- thinking about as a, you know, as we do as the practitioner, uh, when you're thinking of insulin control, uh, blood sugar support, uh, kind of balancing that out. So if you graft out someone's blood sugar over the course of a day, you have these rise and falls, these peaks and valleys to someone's blood sugar. You eat something, your blood sugar goes up, your insulin goes up, and they both come down over the period of a few hours. The more fluctuation there is to that over time, the worse someone's going to feel. And eventually, the more likely they are to develop something like diabetes or other types of chronic age-related problems. So we want to minimize that fluctuation from the highs and lows of the blood sugar. Blood sugar is not the goal. It's more about the insulin. The blood sugar is a result of that situation. Conventionally, a lot of information or a lot of treatment options is focusing on the blood sugar, 
but you take care of the insulin, the blood sugar takes care of itself, you know, for the most part. Uh, so the three things that come to mind first and foremost is chromium, which is a mineral that helps your pancreas release the appropriate amount of insulin over time. Uh, the next one would be alpha lipoic acid. That is a, you know, that's kind of a hard one to categorize. It's not really a vitamin. It's not really a mineral. It's, you know, maybe classify that as an antioxidant that works on the cell membrane throughout your body, particularly in the liver. Uh, and then an herb that has uh, been gaining a lot of popularity over the years uh, is, uh, uh, or a constituent from herbs is called berberine, uh, golden seal, uh, organ grape. There's a couple of herbs that have this constituent berberine that has been shown to have a very positive impact on on liver function, and in some ways, kind of a very similar mechanism of action compared to metformin. Uh, so very, very, a very simple kind of triad there that can really support someone. And you improve that insulin glycemic balance. Uh, now someone's uh, energy is going to improve over, you know, over a relatively short period of time, and they might actually be able to lose some weight uh, simultaneously, especially if they're following a dietary approach like the KCCP. And and like Dr. Mackey was talking about, um, alpha lipoic acid and chromium, they're just on a, you know, just a, an experience just with patient base is I've had patients just take those two specific products or, you know, supplements, alpha lipoic acid and chromium and they're, and not change anything in their lifestyle. And I've seen their hemoglobin A1C actually go down, which hemoglobin A1C is a marker for diabetes just by taking those two supplements. So they are really powerful. Um, so just to impart that information to you later, we'll kind of go into a little bit of a list or certain, you know, products that might be helpful for you. But just as a, you know, just as a note, alpha lipoic acid and chromium are hugely powerful. And then um, berberine is also a, like we're, Dr. Mackey was talking, it's an herb. It's kind of um, interesting because we moved here to Washington state. I'm granted I'm from Washington state. Berberine is, um, that's the, the Latin name or the specific name for the common name, which is organ grape. And that grows everywhere here. Like if you go on a hike here in Washington or Oregon or the Pacific Northwest, you will find Oregon grape. And it's um, and it's a cool herb because of course it's wet and it, there's a lot of fungus here and there's a lot of mold here. But when you look at berberine, its leaves are shiny and green. It kind of looks a little bit like holly, but um, but it is, it is it, when you talk about that, that's kind of close to our heart here. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's amazing. When you have a, you know, plant identification, you understand what they look like. You can see literally on the side of the road, you're driving and there's just weeds everywhere. Those herbs can be, you know, uh, that's the medicine that we use a lot of times for, uh, now granted it's, you know, put into a capsule and it doesn't have that, you know, it doesn't have that traditional form anymore. It's obviously quite a bit different, but definitely there's a, a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, health benefit from those types of things. Uh, also another caveat about the liver is we talked about, um, I'm not sure if we mentioned or how much depth we went into uh, talking about uh, the de detoxification pathways in the liver. Uh, you have phase one detoxification, which is referred to, this is a big long word, the cytochrome P450 system, and the uh, phase two detoxification, which is a series of seven uh, enzymatic steps that when your body consumes toxins, caffeine and alcohol specifically, and certain medications, it has a pretty significant impact on that detoxification, both detoxification pathways. Uh, and I did mention that most Americans, they have an overactive phase one, 
Okay, so that is because of the demand, because of all the things that we're consuming and have exposure to, and we have an underactive phase two. So all these chemicals are coming into the body, the liver is trying to deal with all them, but the burden's too high, and it gets stuck on the phase two. The phase two is so you can take those compounds, those toxins, and turn them in, and make them water soluble so your body can get rid of them through the bile and through the urine. So part of this fatigue strategy is to give extra liver support. Maybe you do a detox, and in our mind, that is the reason why you do a detox, is to regulate phase one, kind of bring phase one down a little bit, taking some of the uh, dietary burden off, also why you do KCCP, and then enhance or improve phase two. That also can be a very effective strategy for improving someone's energy. And then now on to one big long one that we'll try to keep, you know, a little bit more simplified is adrenal support. A lot of people, everybody has heard, you know, treat, you know, support your adrenals, support your adrenals. And, and, and there's a lot of truth in that when you're looking at energy with the adrenals. Yeah, uh, of course, this is the one that gets the most attention, uh, as it should, right? Because we are are very stressed. Sleep deprivation is a common problem all the time, which just exacerbates that. And a, a connection back to the blood sugar control, when your blood sugar and insulin are kind of rising and falling, you're on that roller coaster, the same thing is happening to your cortisol because insulin and cortisol are, are technically counter-regulatory hormones. When one's high, the other one's low but they play off each other. Uh, and the majority of Americans, I think, have imbalance to both of them over time. And that's going to really drain your energy. So again, part of that strategy, in a, a way to improve, in, uh, excuse me, a way to improve adrenal status, insufficiency, fatigue, whatever it is, is really to have, uh, is to first have an impact on that blood sugar control, blood sugar insulin uh, control at the same time. Now, if you go to Whole Foods or your health food store or your, you know, your local, um, you know, vitamins shop, is they're going to have rows, if not aisles upon aisles of adrenal support, um, give you energy, you know, fatigue no more. So it gets really complicated for people because they go in there and they're overwhelmed by all these products and they don't have the first idea what to do. And then they, you know, they ask the person working there and that may or may not be the best advice for them. So we're going to kind of break down adrenal support into um, vitamins and minerals. Uh, herbs, and then maybe some adrenal formulations, and then also a little bit with um, hormones. So um, first with vitamins, when I'm vitamins and minerals, you know, when I'm thinking of adrenals, just like probably you listeners are, is you're thinking B vitamins. Uh, you know, specifically, you know, a lot of people take their B complex, which B complex is really good for the adrenals. But I think when you're just doing a B complex, you're kind of leaving out some of the heavy hitters when it comes to B vitamins, in particular B12. B12 is great for the adrenals. It's also really good for the liver. A lot of liver formulations have B12 or methylcobalamin in there. So there's different types of B12, but methylcobalamin is definitely probably the top shelf. So I think if somebody is taking a B complex, if you look at the back of the um, ingredient list, it won't have B12 in there, or it'll have it a very low dose. So you want definitely supplement if you're, we're looking at the adrenals with the methylcobalamin and also folate kind of falls in, you know, falls in there is doing a good methylcobalamin folate product, I think would probably be, would probably surpass even taking a B complex. And then Dr. Mackey, you know, in his practice, he actually uses, cause I use more of the methylcobalamin and the folate, but he uses a lot more with the B5, which is the 
Panathenic acid. Yeah, panathenic acid was a little trick that I learned a long time ago from uh, Dr. Bill Mitchell, who was one of the founders of Bastyr. And he used to use specifically, because panathenic acid plays a role in cortisol formation, uh, uh, using about 500 milligrams two to three times a day of panathenic acid, which is vitamin B5. Uh, you know, so you could even take a B complex in addition, take extra B5 on top of that, because now you're kind of isolating that one particular nutrient. Uh, and then, of course, the other one that has quite a bit of research to support, uh, you know, the adrenals is vitamin C. Uh, we are one of the few mammals on the planet, uh, ironically enough, that cannot produce their own vitamin C. We lack the enzyme that can make vitamin C in the body, uh, but we live in very stressful environments. Our our vitamin C uh, requirement goes up with all that stress, but you know who takes extra vitamin C on a regular basis? Certainly, some people do. A thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand people are taking you know some really big doses. Uh, they even have liposomal vitamin C these days, which is a, certainly a good idea. Uh, but that can be uh, one of those foundational, you know, not really all that sexy, but um, certainly one of those foundational vitamins for adrenal support. Which also leads to um, magnesium. You know, magnesium is a great mineral for the adrenal glands, if not for a lot of things like your liver, like your bowels, you know, like a lot of different processes. But magnesium, another one that's probably like vitamin C, not quite too sexy, but if you were going to start off, you know, uh, magnesium is very helpful for the adrenal glands as well as, you know, if we're talking about minerals as, you know, very, you know, trace minerals, trace means not taking a lot of it, but very little small amounts of zinc and small amounts of selenium are also, um, we found really beneficial for helping somebody with their adrenal support. Yeah. So the minerals end up being cofactors. So the minerals help the vitamins work better, which makes the enzymes all work better. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately then we feel better as a result of that. And just to kind of move on, like I said earlier, um, some of you are probably saying, well, what about this one? What about this? What about that? There's lots of adrenal support. We're just kind of talking about some of the nitty gritty ones that we found that we use a lot and that we find, you know, really works with our patient population. But um, herbs are really big for adrenal support. And in specific, there's two specific herbs that we probably use the most. The first one being licorice. Um, and probably a lot of you have heard of licorice, um, but licorice is really great and probably at the very top, I would say, of the, you know, the therapeutic intervention for adrenal support is taking licorice. Yeah, right. You know, when uh, when you learn about and you study herbs, you learn that herbs have, you know, specific herbs have an affinity for certain organs and tissues in the body or glands. Uh, for example, milk thistle has an affinity for the liver. So we talked about liver support a second ago. Milk thistle would be perfect, uh, perfect as part of that support. Uh, Hawthorne has an affinity for the heart. And then uh, licorice has an affinity for the adrenals, specifically on a cortisol. A cortisol. Uh, it inhibits a certain enzyme that you know basically increases the half life of cortisol. Uh, now that can be, you know, in some cases, maybe you wouldn't want more cortisol. In some cases, you would. But because these herbs, uh, you know, the adrenal herbs are considered to be adaptogenic, they adapt to what the body needs given that situation. Maybe you need more cortisol. Maybe you need less. And the unfortunate part when it comes to adrenal dysfunction, sometimes it's hard to tell whether have someone someone has too high or too little. Uh, so we don't really try to look at it as being too high or too little. We just look at it as being imbalanced. Uh, so you want it to follow that normal circadian rhythm, the rise and fall between morning and night. Uh, so that way people have plenty of energy during the day and are actually be able to get good rest, you know, good sleep at night. 
Now, just a, another little side note, um, licorice has a tendency to raise up the blood pressure. So if somebody were on blood pressure medications or they had high blood pressure, that wouldn't be a um, herb for them to use for their adrenal support. But another herb that I really love and I've used for years and years and years is rhodiola. Rhodiola is an awesome herb. Like Dr. Mackey said, it is an adaptogen. So if things are low, it helps bring it up. If things are high, it brings it down. But rhodiola specifically is really great for someone that's um, tired, but they're wired at the same time. So it can kind of take down that wired wound feeling, but at the same time, bring up that energy. Um, so I love rhodiola. That, that I think, um, and in fact, I use that with people as young as college students because they have a lot of stress on their system and they're doing 10,000 things at once to even, you know, the male executive that's, you know, you know, take, you know, has a lot of responsibility on their shoulders is you can use it at any age. It's just, you know, there's different formulations, there's different ways to make it, there's different doses, but overall, um, rhodiola is a great adrenal support. Yeah, right. And you, like you said, you go to Whole Foods, you go to the vitamin store, there's lots of different adrenal formulations and you know, there's a lot of redundancy from one product to the next. And that's just to give you a little bit of um, you know, highlighting a couple things that we like to use. Uh, now, the next uh, rung up the ladder uh, would be using glandular, uh, adrenal glandulars. Um, which basically is what hormone therapy used to be before we had hormone therapy. You know, that's where uh, hormone therapy kind of started using the uh, glands of animals, particularly either uh, uh, porcine or pigs or bovine, which is from cows, using those glands as a form of medicine for humans. And, you know, glandulars, I love to use glandulars with patients. Um, doing an adrenal glandular is awesome for energy, but, you know, there's always kind of that catch-22, too much of a good thing isn't really good, or it may not be specific for that particular individual. But I do find glandulars really help with energy. Um, of course, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you don't want to take glandulars because it's from an animal. And then at that point, I might use maybe more of an adrenal formulation without the glandulars in there. But, um, you know, with glandulars, you have to be careful about if you're taking too much of a glandular, you can actually suppress your own production of hormones coming from the adrenal glands, and then you're reliant on taking this glandular all the time. So the whole goal is to help support the adrenals in, in that particular individual rather than overwhelming their hormones by giving them glandulars. Right, right. So then if you keep going up that, you know, that uh, intervention ladder, so to speak, the next, uh, the next level uh, would be using something like hydrocortisone. Um, which can be compounded. You know, hydrocortisone is basically, if you really want to boil it down, is basically bioidentical cortisol. Uh, and that can be used safely, you know, maybe not forever, but it can be used safely for a very uh, reasonable amount of time as a way to reestablish someone's uh, proper circadian rhythm or their normal proper cortisol rhythm throughout the day. Because like I said, it's supposed to be high in the morning and it's supposed to be low at night and it kind of rises and falls on that 24 hour uh, cycle. Uh, now, if you go even further up that continuum, you go to some really crazy things like prednisone and some other, you know, what people refer to as uh, you know, corticosteroids, uh, right? That uh, those are some very powerful things that are used sometimes in serious situations, sometimes they're used when they shouldn't be used, um, but they are very, very strong hormones and they can literally shut your own production of cortisol off completely. Uh, they almost kind of do the job for your adrenal glands, but in certain situations, they can be, they can literally save your life if you, if you needed that kind of intervention. But I wouldn't say prednisone is for adrenal support. Like you said, it's for, you know, saving your life if you have 
you know, some kind of illness going on or whatnot, but it is, but it is a derivative of hydrocortisone. It's just times a million. Um, two other hormones that are come from the adrenal glands is pregnenolone and DHEA, which DHEA is an abbreviation for a really long word, but it is a hormone that comes from the adrenal glands. It's more of an androgen, but that's again, you know, when you're looking at hormones and glandulars, you got to be careful because you don't want to suppress your own production. You just want to augment it. And pregnenolone, um, which I know it sounds a lot like they call it pregnenolone, pregnenolone, potato, potato, but it sounds a lot like pregnancy, but it has nothing to do with pregnancy, but it's a great hormone from the adrenal glands. But we're going to actually do a separate podcast on pregnenolone so we can explain that a little bit more in depth. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, pregnenolone is one of those, uh, you know, very, we, we both use that quite a bit, you know, because it can have a, a, a very good range and a very safe range of therapeutic benefit for people. So we're going to save that one for the next episode for sure. And then, of course, we want to move on to thyroid support. Like Dr. Mackey mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you know, a lot of this stuff overlaps. You know, if you're doing adrenal support, you're doing thyroid support. If you're doing thyroid support, you're doing adrenal support. So I know it seems like we're trying to, like, compartmentalize everything, but it does kind of, you know, kind of everything kind of, like, blends together. But when you're looking at adrenal um, thyroid support, I'm sorry, thyroid support, you might not actually be diagnosed with hypothyroid or a thyroid condition, but a lot of people, their thyroid function isn't working. Working, um, where it should be mostly because of the adrenal glands, but at the same time, you still want to work on that thyroid function and try to get it working as best as it can um, without necessarily taking medications. Yeah, right. And also glyce proper glycemic control can have a huge impact on thyroid function. Uh, so by focusing on the other two, the adrenals and the liver, uh, you can have uh, a wonderful impact on improving or optimizing thyroid function. Uh, and I ironically enough, the, the two hormones from the thyroid, one of them is called thyroxine, which is T4. The second one is triiodothyronine. So the tri meaning three, there's three molecules of uh, iodine in there that is T, abbreviated as T3. T4, as we mentioned on one of the earlier episodes, uh, T4 is an inactive hormone. T3 is the one that does all the work. Uh, that conversion from T4 to T3 happens in your liver. Uh, so the better the liver works, the more thyroid conversion you have from T4 to T3 that's also going to make you feel better and raise your energy. So it is interesting how they all overlap. Like, for example, when you're thinking of, you know, a simple, safe thyroid support, when you're thinking of vitamin, I'm always thinking that methylcobalamin, that B12. But just like we talked about, B12 is great for liver. It's great for the adrenals. And here it is great for the thyroid because they all do overlap. But when you're thinking about something safe, yes, yeah, supplementing with B12, which is a water-soluble vitamin, is great for the liver, uh, sorry, for the thyroid. Also, there's um, selenium, which like we talked about earlier, you know, that might be actually really good for all these conditions when we're kind of overlapping it. But selenium is a cofactor, which also helps that T4 convert to T3. So selenium, you know, doing small amounts or trace amounts of selenium is actually really good for your thyroid. Yeah, right. So uh, some other things that uh, we think about or uh, has to be kind of talked about or mentioned when you're talking about the thyroid certainly is the mineral iodine. Uh, however, the trend as of late with uh, with iodine is that people are recommending or taking these huge mega doses in the milligrams amount. And uh, we both feel that iodine is good, especially supporting thyroid function, but a little bit goes a very long way. 
the RDA, which is not really an optimized number, the RDA for iodine is only 150 micrograms, so MCG. Uh, people are taking, you know, sometimes 5, 10, you know, 15, 25, 50 milligrams, milligrams, MG of iodine. And what we've found over the years is that can be very suppressive to thyroid function. It doesn't actually increase function. Uh, so you want to be careful and pay attention to the dose that you're taking. A little bit's good, but too much can be can be uh, a, do the exact opposite of what you want. It can actually suppress thyroid function. And I have a lot of patients. I mean, all, and you listeners are very savvy. You do a lot of research. You want to read about this, and they come in and they say, "Well, if I can't take iodine, well, then what do I do? Because I probably need it." And that's why I tell them, "Well, then you could eat it. You know, if you seaweed, um, doing you know different sea vegetables has iodine in there, but at the same time, if your body wants to utilize it, it'll take it, and you can utilize it. And if it doesn't want it, then it just eliminates it without kind of being a little bit of a bully and saying, "Here, take some iodine." you know, forcing it on the body. I'm always about, you know, let's not bully the body. Let's just give it some, you know, some things that it can take and then convert if it wants to use it or let it go if it doesn't want to. Yeah. Cause in the diet, uh, really, uh, there's not besides, like you mentioned, seaweed and other sea vegetables, there's not really any dietary sources of iodine. Iodine is relatively hard to find. Uh, that's why back, I don't even know when they, I should look this up, I, probably in the 40s or 50s or the 30s or 40s, probably right around the Great Depression time, they started adding iodine to salt because that's really, you know, for some people, that was the only source of iodine that they would get. Uh, now, granted, I, we don't recommend necessarily using iodine, iodine salt. I think there's some much better versions of salt these days, where these days, whether it's Celtic salt or Himalayan salt or some for, form of a really good quality sea salt, yes, you're going to get some iodine there. Plus, you're going to get a whole array of other uh, those trace minerals that we talked about that sometimes only come from the sea or come from the ocean. Uh, so, uh, a little story about iodine. Uh, our seaweed. Uh, so in December, we had to go down to Las Vegas. We had to take care of some business down there. We had to go to a medical conference and we had to drive. We had another car down there uh, at our other uh, other house. We had to drive all the way back up to Washington. Uh, and, uh, you know, no big deal, whatever. But it was a three-day drive uh, through California, up through Oregon. And then we uh, we left on a uh, on a Thursday. We got back on a Saturday. We got uh, to our, in, you know, Dr. Davidson's parents, my in-laws' house, about noon on a Saturday because they were babysitting our our animals. Yeah, our were, little our little zoo. Yeah, they're babysitting <laughs> our our really old seventeen year old dog and our four birds. Uh, and they, of course, you know, they had their hands full with all of that. We got there about twelve o'clock, and uh, Valerie's mom, her name is uh, her name is Mako, or that's not actually her real name, but that's what everyone calls her is Mako. Uh, and uh, she loves to feed everybody. So the minute we got in the door, she was already got lunch prepared, and I was just irritated from driving, and I was tired and a little grumpy. Uh, and I'm like, I don't want any food. But uh, if you know anything about Asian moms, uh, you know, uh, you don't necessarily have a choice sometimes. They are just very pushy in a very good way, right? <laughs> pushy, they kind of get what they want. And uh, uh, needless to say, Mako kind of fits that stereotype, you know, in a very cute kind of adorable sort of way. Uh, and I wasn't hungry at all. I didn't want any food. But, you know, at the same time, if I don't eat it, um, she'll ask me like 10 times if I want any, if I want anything to eat. And she, you know, finds it odd that I don't. But anyways, we sat down to the uh, table for some lunch and it was just this little broth that she, you know, using uh, bonito flakes, which is a form of fish. They, you know, they call it dashi. Uh, and she threw in literally the 
the bow tie. If you ever seen kelp in a soup like that, kelp will be tied into a little bow and she threw in some little vegetables. I think there's some clams in there. And it was uh, the most amazing soup I've ever had in my entire life. Like I was so irritated for one second and then I tasted the broth with this little uh, little bow ties of kelp in there and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, so then we went there like the next day and I'm like, I couldn't wait for lunch. Like she cooked the same thing the next day and I'm like, oh God, I can't wait for lunch. Lunch is, uh, it, uh, it was so fantastic. No, that is funny. Yes, my mom is your typical stereotype, um, you know, kind of tiger Asian mom. But yeah, she could definitely have her own TV show because oh, she's, yeah, yeah. everyone we'll, loves her. She's so funny. Yeah, yeah. She. We'll talk a little bit more about, there's uh, another story uh, from uh, Dr. Davidson's childhood that we're not really quite ready to I've bring up. I've got lots yet, of them. <laughs> yeah, she is, uh, she, is, she is, she doesn't even realize how entertaining she is, but she is super funny. Uh, because her her accent, she's got really good English, uh, but she still has that Asian accent. She hasn't been able to quite get. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows. Do they even know that your mom's from Okinawa? Oh no, I don't think so. Yeah, my mom's from Okinawa, and and those of you listeners that have listened to me on the podcast probably notice that I talk pretty fast. But I get that from my mother because she talks ten times faster, you know, ten times faster easily than I talk. Yeah, we uh, we actually went to. They were living over there for a number of years in Okinawa. Uh, and we went to visit. I don't know what time, how many times ago they probably went through about three or four times. I, yeah, probably like four times, I think. And listening to your mom talk with her sisters and her other relatives, they talk so fast. I, it's like you, even if I understood Japanese, even your dad said he understands a little bit of Japanese just from being around and he can't keep up with them because they're just back and forth and back and forth. And the, the speed of the words coming out is just, you know, it's hard to keep up with. But anyways, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Back, back to it, back to fatigue and adrenal. Back to seaweed and iodine. So, so bladder rack is, um, come, it's an, you know, usually you can get it as a tincture. They have it in supplements. They have it in capsules. So basically that is seaweed, but they call it bladder whack, um, but there's so many d- different types of seaweed and kelps out there. There's so many different names. I mean, e- even when we went to Okinawa, I mean, Rob was just ingesting all these different, you know, seaweeds. And they all have the iodine in there, not just the bladder rack. But that's the probably the most common when you're looking at herbs to, you know, to help with that thyroid support. Yeah, my, my two favorites uh, when we went to Okinawa, my two favorites was mizuku. Uh, which all the locals there thought it was weird that, you know, Caucasian guy from the United States actually would eat it because it's kind of slimy and a little briny. I thought it was great. Uh, And the other one that um, I've actually seen on some TV shows is sea grapes. Uh, You know, it doesn't really look like seaweed, but it looks like little grapes on on a vine. Uh, and uh, yeah, just like literally everywhere you go, every place had, there's just like dozens of different kinds of seaweeds, not just nori like you get on sushi, like a, a, on a sushi roll. There's all these different varieties. So pretty fantastic. Yeah. A great way to get your iodine. And then um, moving on here. So we also have some glandulars for thyroid, just like we had talked about glandulars with adrenal support. You can have thyroid glandulars as well, which actually work really good for somebody that isn't diagnosed with a thyroid condition, but they have lower thyroid function. But like we had mentioned with glandulars, too much of a good thing might not be a good thing. You don't want to take too much because you don't want to you know, suppress your own thyroid production, but at the same time, it can be a great way to augment it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that gives you, uh, we covered you know, very quickly, you know, hopefully we're not kind of droning on too much. We got a little bit off on a tangent about your mom, uh, but uh, I mean, she's just fantastic. So uh, if you want a kind of a summary, what we thought we would do is in the content library, we're going to summarize the different things that we talked about to kind of give a little bit more specifics about 
how do you how do you simplify and how do you you know decide kind of where you are? So if you visit the content library at progresshealth.com, you can download the you know the fatigue supplement list and we'll give you some more specifics there. Yeah, that way, like I said, you walk into the health food store and you're bombarded with you know a hundred different products. You don't know what brand to use, what type to use. Do I use a glandular? Do I not use a glandular? You know, is this a good company? Is this or is this company going to have rice flour in their capsules? So we'll put down some brands that we like that, that we know that have good quality and they're reputable and you're not going to get a bunch of you know weird things you know in there that they that might not be in there because um, they've had I'm, I'm sure you all have seen some of the studies that they've done at some of the local markets that they'll take supplements off the shelf and they'll test them for the active ingredient and the active ingredient is not in there. So we'll, we'll give you some, you know, some reputable information on there too. And, um, you know, we do have, you know, we do have a store, we do have a business. So if you do want to buy those products off of our website, um, you know, just for listening and because we love you all is your, um, we're going to do a free coupon code on there too, um, which would be energy, E-N-E-R-G-Y, energy. That way you can get free shipping on any products or any, you know, any orders you do over $25. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's a, a very easy way uh, to, you know, uh, reduce the cost down a little bit. Supplementation certainly is not covered by insurance. You can't, you know, you can't get reimbursed. But at the same time, for your health and wellness goals, they there are tools that we've used for literally 14 years. Uh, and we've learned over the years what actually, that's the whole point of why we're talking about this, because we've learned the things that actually work. Uh, and like you said, when it comes to supplementation, it is literally kind of the wild, wild west out there. There's tons of things, you know, tons of products, tons of ingredient lists, tons of formulations. Uh, but what actually has a therapeutic benefit, uh, you know, that's where you have to be a little bit careful and uh, a little bit uh, savvy and have some of that experience to to know it, to see a clinical improvement. And when it comes to supplementation, you know, we always uh, kind of focus less is always more, right? Taking Trying to take everything, like everything we talked about today, trying to do all of that at one time is a little overwhelming and it actually can be somewhat detrimental, not detrimental in a bad way, but you're just going to get, uh, you know, maybe the law of diminishing returns. You're not going to get as good a result by trying to take all of the different things that are possible. Yep. So visit our website, progressyourhealth.com and go to our content library. We've got the fatigue supplement list in there. We also have that keto carb cycling program as well that we had talked about earlier in other podcasts. And we have some other um, information in there and it's always growing because we want to provide you with the, as much information for free because we, you know, like I said, we love you guys. We, you know, the more information we can impart to people, the more people, you know, that can feel better or, you know, be an advocate for their own health. So definitely, yeah, um, it's free in our content library. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and email us. Uh, so for this episode, uh, anything else to add, Dr. Davidson? I think we can call this one, uh, bring this one to a wrap. Yes. Okay. Till next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.